Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of Talk to Talk with your girl Anita Love to Hate to Hate. It is Saturday, the day after Friday, but before Sunday, but it's the weekend where you're supposed to relax, chill, have fun, be with your family, be lazy, do your thorough cleaning that you didn't do through the week because you were busy going to school, getting your money, taking care of your other business, so you kind of put the household chores on hold, so now you're taking care of it, so... Normally, that's what people do on Saturday. Me, myself, first off, I have to thank God. He is good. He continues to bless me. My family is blessed. And, well, another day above ground is always a blessing. And she, me, him, she, me, him, she, me, thanks him for blessing me and keeping me. Um, I'm not in the best health right now. My allergies is kicking my butt. And, um... I've been, um, they had this um, dance comp- uh, tr- contestant competition, whatever you want to call it, um, tryout that my daughter was participating in, and um, that took up the whole day, and we went to support and cheerlead and all this, and there were some very amazing talents, very amazing talents. I'm not going to 100% say that I agree with everyone that they picked. However, there were some amazing talents that were part of the competition, um, just the fact that these girls got up in front of people that they didn't know, some they knew, some they didn't know, and performed, and they had to learn these three different routines within, a, like, a one to two day span, and it's just amazing that they were able to do it and keep it together. Um, yeah, one girl forgot, and at one point I thought she was going to cry, but she, oh girl picked herself up and went back to it and was like, yas. I'm competing, so win, lose, or draw, I'm going to finish hard, you know, because sometimes it's not how you start, it's how you end. Um, But congratulations to everyone, um, to my daughter for being so confident and self-willed and determined to put herself out there and take a chance and have the possibility of being rejected she is an amazing amazing person an amazing dancer and um i'm proud of on my podcast today um i have some q a and i have a few hot topics you guys don't go anywhere she me her will be back in a moment yes i want to take the time to give my condolences to john mccain's um family um today Senator and former Republican President nominee um, John McCain died. Um, he was um, a Republican, a former Republican presidential nominee. He was a decorated veteran of the Vietnam War. He died today. He was 81 years old. Um, McCain had a history of skin cancer. He was diagnosed with brain cancer in July of 2017. He had a routine physical that revealed a blood clot over his left eye. He had surgery uh, to remove the clot, which doctors then determined that it was a result of an aggressive tumor called glitoblastoma earlier this year. Um, McCain decided that he was going to discontinue his cancer treatment. The diagnosis did not immediately stop McCain from his work in the Senate, where, among other issues he was involved in, he played a very major role in derailing the Republican effort to repeal the Affordable Care Act. He later described his disease himself as very, very serious. He said that his doctors told him that he had a very, very poor prognosis. Um, McCain was hospitalized in December of 2017 with a viral infection. His office said, and he returned home to Arizona to recuperate. In April, the Senate had surgery to treat an intestinal infection at the Mayo Clinic in Phoenix. He had reported been recovering at his home near Sedona with his wife, Cindy. McCain was born August the 29th, 1936, at a U.S. air base in Panama Canal Zone. After his family moved to Northern Virginia in 1951, McCain attended the prestigious U.S. Naval Academy at um, Indianapolis, Maryland. He later trained as a uh, fighter pilot and served aboard several U.S. aircraft carriers in the 1960s. Um, in October 26, 1967, McCain's plane was shot down while he was flying a bombing mission over Hanu in northern Vietnam. The North Vietnamese held him in captive for five and a half years, during which he was interrogated and subjected to repeatedly beating. The injuries McCain sustained left him unable to raise his arm above his head. 
He was ultimately released on March 14, 1973, after his captors determined he was no longer of value. Um, McCain's military service briefly became a flashpoint during the 2016 presidential race after real estate mogul and then Republican candidate Donald Trump questioned his status as a war hero. McCain said he never received an apology from Trump, and after his return and rehabilitation in U.S., McCain served as the Navy's liaison to the Senate in 1977. Following his separation from his first wife, Carol Shrepp, he married Sidney Lou Hensley, and they settled in Phoenix. He uh, successfully ran a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives in 1982. Four years later, McCain was elected to the Senate, defending his Democratic challenger by 20 points. McCain served six years in the Senate at various posts, including stints as chairman of the Senate Commerce Committee and the Senate Armed Service Committee. Early in his career, he made a campaign finance one of his signature issues by working to curtail the influence of political contributions and dark money. His efforts eventually um, led to the passage of the McCain-Fingold Act in 2002, which restricted the use of soft money to boost campaigns. And as a member of the so-called Gang of Eight, McCain helped craft a bill overhauling the nation's immigration system that included a comprehensive path to citizenship for millions of undocumented immigrants. It passed in the Senate but was not taken up in the House. Later in his career, he became a prominent voice among foreign policy hawks, advocating for more aggressive U.S. approach to war affairs. His experience as a prisoner of war lent him credibility to opposing so-called enhanced interrogation techniques such as waterboarding. McCain first ran for president in 1999 with a scrappy and upstart campaign known for its Straight Talk Express, but that promoted his reputation as a maverick who would do and say things other Republicans would not. He lost the race, however, to the establishment-backed George W. Bush, due in part to a bitter smear campaign that falsely claimed that McCain had fathered a black child out of wedlock. Bush and his team denied involvement, but McCain suspected otherwise. His 2008 presidential run was more successful after key wins in the New Hampshire and South Carolina primaries and the flame out of other challenges, including former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, Republican, and former Massachusetts Governor Mick Romney, both of whom will later go on to mount presidential bids in 2012. McCain finally won his party's backing for president, facing freshman Senator Barack Obama. McCain cast himself at his experience and sensible Republican, but his decision to select Alaska Governor Sarah Palin as his running mate also turned into a major liability as a political novice. Floundered time and time again under the spotlight, McCain was ultimately unable to prevail against a younger cosmetic, cosmetic, cosmetic uh, candidate who promised change amid a harsh recession and the costly war in Iraq. On Capitol Hill, his longtime lawmaker was celebrated for among many noble qualities, his quick wit and good humor. He often sarcastically cheered reporters to dismiss or make a point. He traded barks with colleagues and was known to frequently repeat some of his favorite quaps. After he lost the 2008 election, he said he slept like a baby. He slept two hours, woke up and cried, and slept two hours, woke up and cried. And in recent years, McCain took on the role of party statesman, but one who was fiercely critical of the Obama administration's strategy with respect to renewed conflicts in the Middle East, Ukraine, and Libya, among Along with friend and colleague Senator Lindsey Graham, McCain advocated for committing additional U.S. troops on the ground to defeat Islamic state terrorists in Iraq and Syria. And in 2016, McCain easily re-won won re-election to his sixth term in the Senate by defeating um, Democrat uh, Representative Ann Corpatrick. The longtime lawmaker faced a more difficult test with several challenges in the GOP primary, reflecting pent-up frustration with his time and record in Washington among several Tea Party groups. The following year, McCain played a pivotal role in opposing several Republican bills to repeal and replace the health care program known as Obamacare. In a surprise move that cemented his legacy, McCain cast a dramatic late-night vote against GOP legislation receding the law. He repeatedly urged Republican leaders to start over by including Democrats in a more open process. Toward the end of his life, McCain appeared to have made peace with his approaching death. And in a book, he wrote The Restless Wave, an excerpt of which was published on Apple News on April the 30th. The senator said his current term would be his last. He said, if I hadn't admitted it to myself before this summer, a stage four cancer diagnosis acts as ungentle persuasion. I'm freer than colleagues who will face the voters again. I can speak my mind without fearing the consequences much, and I can vote my conscience without worrying. 
asked last year during a CNN interview about now how he hoped to be remembered. And he said he served his country and he and not always right, made a lot of mistakes, made a lot of errors, but served his country and he hoped he could add honorable. The senator is survived by his wife and seven children, including popular author and national radio personality Megan McCain. Um, my condolences to the family. Um, I didn't think that he was a good candidate when he was running against Trump. Uh, I mean, Trump uh, against uh, former President Obama. But um, I respected him. I respected um, what he tried to do um, previously. And um, I will continue to pray for his family. Cancer is, is ugly. It has, it's, it's, it doesn't discriminate. It's taking babies, children, black, white, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. I work in the cancer field. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's very hard. You, sometimes you can't even explain the magnitude that it has on people. Like, it's just, it's crazy. And um, it's serious. And I think um, we need to be made aware and we need to get our checkups and get our skin checked and physicals and all that stuff because early diagnosis is the best prognosis, I promise you. Um, but again, my prayers go out to McCain, um, to his family and friends, and I will keep them in, in, in our prayers. Lily Love Music, take one. Fantasia. My name is Renee and I'm a baby mama. My name is Juanita D. Sims and I'm a baby mama. And I'm giving a shout out to my baby. There's an ex-Trump doorman who claims Trump has a love child and is now free to tell his story to a report. Um, it looks as if the jaws of justice are slowly but steadily seem to be squeezing the breath out of Donald so he can't keep in his pants Trump. As an ex-Trump World Tower doorman has been released from a catch-and-kill contract and he now say he can come forward and speak out about an alleged affair Trump had with an ex-housekeeper, which supposedly resulted in a child. Um, Dino Sajendan, he's a former doorman, is reportedly now able to talk about a contract that he entered into after negotiation with an America Media Incorporated that was publishers of the National Enquirer Back in um, November of 2015, the CNN um, has exclusively obtained a copy of the source agreement between uh, Sajandan and AMI, which is owned by David Pecker, and reports that the contract states that AMI has ex- exclusive rights to Sajandan's uh, story, but does not mention the details of the story beyond saying sources shall provide AMI with information regarding Donald Trump's legitimate child, illegitimate child. The contact also states that Sajande received 30000 for the story about a month after the contract was signed, though he, in amendment, um, the agreement notes that Sajande's silence shall um, last in, um, I'm not sure, Basically, they're saying that if he breached that provision, he would be responsible for making a a $1 million payment to AMI. Um, Mr. Sanjana has been unable to discuss the circumstances regarding his deal with American Media and the story that he sold to them due to a significant financial penalty. His lawyer, Mark Held, told CNN just recently that an AMI released him his client from the terms of his agreement and he is now able to speak about his personal experience with them as well as his story which is now known to be one of those catch and kill pieces um his client hopes the truth will come out in a very um, near future in april so john and CNN, he claims to have knowledge of a relationship trump had with his former housekeeper that resulted in a child 
AMI at that time said the story was not credible and the White House did not comment. CNN reports that Sojourner's alleged allegation that Trump fathered a child out of wedlock has not been independently confirmed by any of the outlets that have investigated the story. Um, Held said that now that the Sojourner has been released from the agreement with MI, he would no longer be liable for the one million if he spoke out. He's a blue collar worker, and a million dollar would have ruined his life, ruined him. Of course, the president, former lawyer, and president fixer Michael Cohen had his hands all over this, saying to the AP in April that he discussed Sojourner's story with the magazine when the tabloid was working on it, but then acting as Trump's spokesperson, denied knowing anything beforehand about the acquired payment to the ex doorman Cohen guilty Tuesday to eight charges of tax fraud, false statements to bank, and campaign finance violations tied to his work for Trump, including working on another catch-and-kill agreement with a former playmate, Playboy playmate Karen McDougal to keep the affair from going public. The publisher of AMI, David Pecker, has received immunity in the Cohen case for providing details of the payments to prosecutors. A source confirmed to CNN on Friday, which produced fabulous screenshots such as the one um, I wait with bated breath, buttered popcorn, and barely unrepressed glee for Sajade's tea to spill. Is there another little trumplet skin out there? It wouldn't be the first time a politician made a baby with the help, but more than that, it's just another indication of how this president conducts his sordid affairs. Um... I don't know if this is true or not, um, but I, I I really don't care. Anybody that lay down with Trump, it, they I don't know. Either they really love this man or they're just really desperate or they're completely scared of him. I don't know, but when you, if you have a child, you should know your child and your child should know you point blank in a period. Um, I just think it's a disgusting thing. But that's just my opinion. Um, period. All right. There was a white woman. Um, if there's anyone in this world who needs to stay humble and practice keeping their mouth closed. And mind their business, it is the woman who admitted to falsely accusing two football players of rape. All because she thought it would help her get the attention of another person that she was hoping to date. Unfortunately, that is not the case with the 19-year-old Nikki uh, Yovino of Long Island, New York. Um, Let me give you a little backdrop. In February of 2017... Um, Yo Vino told police that she had been raped by two blacks, uh, Sacred Heart University football players. She claimed that they attended an off-campus party um, October 15, 2016 in Bridgeport, Connecticut, where the two men pulled her into a basement bathroom and took turns raping her. Both young men denied the claim and said that the sex was consensual. Police conducted a full investigation. Um, Yovino admitted months later that she had made the story up in an attempt to get sympathy from a young man she was hoping to date. She was originally charged with felony tampering with evidence and misdemeanor false reporting an incident, but she made a deal and pleaded guilty to two counts of second degree false reporting an incident and one count of interfering with police, all of which are misdemeanors shortly before her case was set to go to trial. But according to Law and Crime, by taking the plea agreement, Yovina avoided the more serious felony charge. The agreement also gave prosecutors a way to avoid having the felony charge reversed on appeal while also ensuring Yovina served time for her crime. Now, the problem is in the aftermath of her lie, the two young men who were accused ended up having to leave school. After they lost their scholarships, they lost their opportunities for education, for athletic and future life success, all because of a desperate young woman wanted a date. Now, knowing these things, you would think Yovana would have at least some sort of remorse and humility, but I think wrong. You were wrong. I am wrong. Everyone is wrong if they thought so. The 
Our reports that during her sentencing hearing Thursday, Yavina rolled her eyes as one of her victims read a statement of detailing the impact her false accusation continues to leave on his life. And up until now, Malik St. Hilaire and his fellow victim have kept their names out of the headlines and stay out of the spotlight. But on t- Thursday, St. Hilaire told his attorney he wanted to confront Yavina about what she had done to him. Frank Rico II the attorney representing both of the young men Yavina lied on read a statement from the second young man whom he identified only by his initials DB. The last almost two years have been definitely my most difficult of my life. The roller coaster of emotions, fear, anger, sadness, embarrassment, depression, anxiety, and the list goes on. She accused me of what I believe to be horrendous, horrific crime out of her own selfish concerns. I lost my scholarship, my dream of continuing to play football, and now I'm in debt 30000 and I'm simply trying to get ahead as best as I can. Rico then called St. Hilaire forward to read his statement. St. Hilaire told the court, I went from being a college student to sitting at home being expelled with no way to clear my name. I just hope she knows what she has done to me. My life will never be the same. I did nothing wrong, but everything has been altered because of this. St. Hilaire said he has experienced anxiety and PTSD as a result of the false charges. Superior Court Judge Williams Horton sentenced Yavina to three years in prison. Her sentence will be suspended after she serves one year following by probation. In the video Law and Crown posted to their website, Yavina's body language does not at all reflect anyone who regrets her action. Law and Crime asked her attorney, Ryan O'Neill, about Yavina appearing to be rolling her eyes during the proceeding. O'Neill said she was not. O'Neill told Law and Crime that the judge had not reprimanded his client for her behavior and that Yavina's action in court was just a nervous young woman trying to keep her hair out of her face as she stood in restraints for a long period of time. He also said it was unfair to characterize her behavior as defiant. Rather, she was rolling her eyes at the judge, her victims, or her hair. Yavina should realize that she got off relatively light compared to the two men whose lives she fucking destroyed. She will do probably another three months in jail. She's already served three. She will do her probation and more on her life will slap on the wrist, misdemeanor on her record. The long history of white women waging their white womanhood against black men will forever haunt the two young men who now have to find a way to pick up the pieces now that their ordeal is over. And soon as three, four months from now, her life will be continuing as nothing has ever happened. It's almost like closing a book, folding the page, and then coming back later to finish reading it. It's not fair. It's wrong. And something more needs to be done about it. There's no way in the world that you can almost destroy someone's life. And then it's nothing. I saw the video. And I felt like somebody should have just went in and just shook the shit out of her. I really did. I felt like she needed a real attitude adjustment and that something like selfish people like that need to be taught serious lessons and they need to be taught those lessons very soon and quickly before somebody actually hurt them. It, it makes no sense to me. Like it was very disrespectful. It was very ugly. And I think when people accuse people of rape and domestic violence and fraud, I think when you find out that that was false, that that wasn't true, that these people lied, I think that they should be punished as if they actually did the crime themselves. I don't care if they took a plea deal. No, they need to be punished. They need to be held accountable for their actions. Okay, more than four years after Flint's water crisis began, Michigan Department of Health Director will finally stand trial. It's equally difficult and it's frustrating to believe that the water crisis in Flint, Michigan started back in April of 2014, you guys. And there are still people without water at the time of um, the article that I was reading. Making matter worse, no one in power seemed to suffer any consequences for all of the suffering. Well, until now. Because according to the New York Post, Michigan Department of Health and Human Service Director Nick Lund will stand trial on two counts of involuntary manslaughter for the death of Robert Skidmore and John Snyder in connection with Flint's contaminated water. 
Lowen will face up to 15 years in jail if he's convicted. M. Live reported that this trial marks the first time criminal charges evidence against a city or state worker in connection with the water crisis has been brought before the courts. Now, the death is in connection with a, um, uh, it's a, a legendary disease outbreak during which Flint's improper water treatment infected 90 people and caused 12 deaths within Genesis County. Now, Lauren is also charged with misconduct in office. Judge David Goggins of the 67 District said Long, Long willfully and neglectfully refused to protect Skidmore and Snyder by deciding not to act appropriately with regards to dis eliminating notices to the public. Special Prosecutor Todd Flood claims that Long refused to issue mandates to change the local water sources. The prosecutor also accused him of covering up the causes of the outbreak by refusing scientists access to the contaminated water. Long's attorney, however, says there is zero proof that there was anything Director Long did or did not do. It's a long way from over, said Long, who denies any wrongdoing. Now, check this out, you guys. Michigan governor canceled his Flint Water Advisory Committee meeting for the fourth time in a row, right? This black-owned construction firm will replace 18,000-plus contaminated water pipes in Flint. Why is Flint just the beginning of black America's water crisis? Why? Those are good questions, right? Now, I don't know how they could have possibly thought that this would have been okay. And the fact that it hasn't gotten better and the fact that it's worse because 2018 and the water problem isn't solved. It isn't fixed. They're still contaminated. There's still people in Flint without water. This is crazy. Can you imagine living somewhere you can't even drink and eat and, and it's not even good to bath in your water? Like, come on. Come on. This is what all the fight for rights and equality and justice come down to. All right, you guys. Um, the young man who found Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston daughter, Bobby Christina, Brown, unresponsive in a bathtub, was found dead from an apparent drug overdose. Max Loomis was the young man who found Bobby Cristino, um, was himself found on the floor of the bathroom in a friend's home in Mississippi with a syringe near his body. Um, Max was rushed to a nearby hospital where he was pronounced dead. Max's death shares ears similarities with those of Bobby Cristina and her mother Whitney. Both women were found in bathtubs after taking drugs. Bobby uh, Christina had morphine, cocaine, alcohol, and prescription drugs in her body when she went underwater in a bathtub causing brain damage that left her in a coma for six months. She passed away July 26, 2015. Loomis was close friends with Bobby and was reported her ex-boyfriend. He was in Bobby's house in the crucial hours leading up to her death. Bobby's mother, Wendy, died February 10, 2012 after being found in her Beverly Hilton Hotel from... Um, hotel bathroom. Um, it's so sad. It's sad. Um, and I, I just, you know, we have could to continue to, to fight and make drugs, alcohol, opium, opioids, addiction real because there are a lot of people that are going through this and they're not. Something has to give. Something has to give. We're killing each other left and right. I mean, my heart goes out to his friends and family. Um, it's just sad because he's young. And it's just, it's just sad. And I guess I just still wanted some positive news. And we're not always getting positive news. I guess that's, I don't know. I'm just over it right about now. Um, I just think, I just think we're due some good stuff. 
You know what I mean? It's like when you've done, when you've taken um, all the negativeness, BS in the world. So now it's like, I'm do this one. It's like, it's almost like when you mess up and then you do good, you do good. And then it's time coming, it's a big step and you really got to do good this time. And you're like, okay, I'm do a do-over. Give me my do-over. That's kind of like how I feel about everything. But, um, yeah, I just, it's sad. And I just, you know, I, I want better, you know, but don't look like better is going to be what we're going to get. So we'll just keep praying. When you love like I'm love, somebody got to hate. And it don't surprise me at all because, you know, I'm a street dude, you know. But I'm doing big things, going big places. This what I do. Wake up every day and hustle, my nigga. That's all I know. Ain't surprised by you hating, my nigga. That's all you know. And I'm going lots of places, but I ain't going broke. Cause putting money over niggas and bitches. That's all I know. That's all I know. Don't care what you. Alright, Serena's superhero look is being shut down by the French Open. France is known for its fashion, and Serena Williams. Is known for her fashion statements, but when she returns to the French Open next year, she will not be allowed to wear her outfits like the Nike Design black cat suit she wore on the 2018 tournament in May. You remember the all black with the red um, uh, waistline? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it was bad. Um, but it was reported by Sports Illustration, uh, Illustrated that French Tennis Federation, President Bernard, whatever his name, told France Tennis Magazine, I think that sometimes we've gone too far. He uh, went in to explain why our dress code is not being introduced to regulate players' uniforms and citing Williams' form-fitting suit as an example. It will no longer be accepted. One must respect the game and the plays. Um, he said of the outfit Williams had made her feel like a superhero, the compression of which nobody gave her much needed protection from the blood clots she's been suffering since giving birth to her daughter last fall. Granted, one wouldn't expect someone as style savvy as Williams to wear the same thing twice, but it does sound like the FFT's new standards may cramp the fashionista style. Nowhere yet on the Pacifics of the new guidelines, or rather Williams' U.S. open wardrobe, co-designed with Nike and Virgil Abloh were passed muster. All we know for now is that the French operator's new dress code isn't expected to be as restrictive as Wimbledon, where players are required to wear white. That said, the FFT will be acting for an advanced look at players' uniform for the 2019. Um, I never understand why the fuck it matters what tennis players wear. I mean, respect the game. Like, what does have, what does me, what I'm wearing not mean you're respecting the game? What the fuck does that mean? And what I don't understand is why are they so fucking focused on Serena Williams? She's not the only fucking player that's playing tennis. Is it because she's black? Because I mean, because the suit was black. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I, you know, it's just sad. I, I don't know. It's like, why is it that everything black people do is ghetto? It's unbecoming. It's disrespectful to the history of the sport. Because you remember um, the shit flow, uh, run of uh, Flo Joe and her sister-in-law, JJK, used to catch um, because of their fly as nails. I mean, I was, I was a little kid when, when they were running, but I clearly remember the constant criticism that they used to talk about. Now, some running analysts came with the bullshit that it was some kind of safety hazard for other runners, but it's her hands. So a lesson you're crossing the line and grabbing someone, I don't understand why their hands would have been damaged. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, for money, I mean, no disrespect to others who don't share my opinions. The fingernails with Flo did look um, hideous. They were scary. But I do feel like it's your body. You have a right to do whatever you want to. I remember those. And although I was scared, Scared of long nails and it scared the shit out of me. I still feel then and now that she had a right to whatever she wanted to do as long as she wasn't hurting anybody. Because I, I felt like if she can run in them and not interfere with other players, then it shouldn't really have been a thing. It's not like soccer, you know what I mean? Or football or 
I, I just I remember coaches coming out with nail clippers and trimming um, people nails when we were playing basketball when I was in high school. Um, so I, I don't remember that. And, you know, a white woman did try um, in uh, once. I think it was 85. Um, her name was um, Ann White. And it was pretty much all she's remembered for. She had on an all-white cat suit. She wore it for one day before it was officially banned by Wimbledon. Her opponents that day, um, Pam Shriver, I think that's what's the name. She complained that the white outfit was too distracting. Now, mind you, if you look, if you there's a picture still out of that of her, Anne White. That's her name. And, I mean, she didn't, it's not like she had ass like Serena Williams. It's not like she was built like Serena Williams. So, I don't know why it was distracting, but that's what they were saying. I mean, it's just, I don't know. She gets singled off a drug test, now her uniforms. If it was just this, I, I wouldn't have anything else to say. Um, I just think that the the, the French, I, I feel like they're racist. I feel like all of those tennis people are racist. I mean, seriously, I mean, can they wear some type of clothes? Um, maybe they can wear men clothes and maybe it, it won't be a problem. I mean, I just, I don't, I'm, I've never had heard a good reason why. I mean, they always say it's just about tradition, whatever. I mean, respect the game and the place. I, I, like, they don't give two shits about Serena Williams' health. You, I never hardly hear them talk about if she's going to be healthy enough for this. I just feel like, and I'm going to be honest, I'm putting it out there, you guys. I feel like it's all because she's black and she's fucking amazing. I can't even fathom what this is supposed to mean. Ladies tennis players are supposed to wear clothes that expose their entire legs and possibly butts so people can Google and Google them in a way that, that men want to and show some respect for our, for the men. I mean, the sport, I, I, I just, I just feel like it's starting to be personal. It is. It's just starting to be personal to me, and I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. I don't like her. I don't like her. All right, you guys, I have a few Q&A questions, and some of the questions are really kind of crazy. Um, if Prince... This is my first one from Miguel. If Prince Harry was not royalty, would Meghan Merkel have fallen for him? Um, first off, I'm going to say this, and it's just my hypothetical opinion. I don't think that Meghan Merkel really understood or understand what the royal family stands for. So marrying a prince might sound great in theory, but unfortunately she has not had the education that the English had Australians because they are still a British colony. And, you know, and first and foremost, they are the the um, Angelic Church representatives on earth, much like the Pope is for the Catholic Church. Secondly, they are there to serve the people of Great Britain. Um, but people seem to forget that Harry proposed to both his long-term English girlfriend. They loved him, but didn't want the royal lifestyle. Most British people who really understand the monarchy would not want to marry into it. It might make you famous, but they are not celebrities. They cannot voice their opinions about most things, and they have a relentless schedule of duties given to them every freaking morning. They work f incredibly freaking hard. I mean, I know a lot of actors who are not at all fame-seeking. They love the art and craft of acting, and they have devoted their lives to becoming a better actor. It's not true that all actors are seeking fame and glory. Acting has been considered like a serious craft since... I don't know, ages, I don't know. It, 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 it may worry a lot of people that Megan was prepared to give up her career so easily as it does tend to make people think that she was acting for the attention rather than the craft. Um, but to answer your question, because I've started babbling on, I don't think that Megan would have found um, Harry unattractive. I think she found him very attractive. I think if he had been a postman, I don't think she would have found him attractive. But... If he was an actor and he was him, I think she still would have found him attractive. Um, that's just me. However, it is difficult to question because Harry's entire personality has been shaped around the fact that he is part of the royal family. So it stands to reason that he would be a very different person if he'd grown up as a 
you know, Commodore, I, I, I don't think we could really separate the two. Harry the man and Harry the prince. I mean, because he, he has learned to have in certain ways and hold certain values because he is a loyal. He's been in an entirely different person otherwise. So perhaps Megan has fallen for Harry. I, I, I get the sense that she is genuinely infatuated with him and him with her. I, but I also think that it's dangerous to marry when you're still in the infatuation period. It's a bit like saying, you know, would Harry have fallen for Megan if she wasn't good looking? Because the test of love comes when the infatuation wears off, which it does in every freaking relationship. It does. Trust me, it does. I think their infatuation has lasted longer because they spent so much time apart in their courtship. So, um, I don't know, but I think I, I like them together. And I think they like each other. And I think that she's very spent. I, I think she loves him. And I think rather he was a prince or not, I think she probably still would have found him attractive. But it's hard for me to picture him a postman and she find him attractive. So, I don't know. Next question is from Sharon. Do you have to take it seriously if a three-and-a-half-year-old says daddy hurts me to her mom? Um, I don't... You have to explain more to me than that. Um, because um, for me, I take young children serious by all means. Um, but I think you have to get more information before acting on it. People have had their lives ruined because of others have taken a child's word. At face value, and children have been injured or killed because people haven't taken them seriously. So daddy hurts me could be a desperate cry for help or it could be the child telling about getting disciplined, accidentally hurt or repeatedly something that they hurt. Um, so you... I, I think you have to take it serious, but I think you have to make sure that you know what you're taking serious. Like, act and get more information before you react. Do not react without fully understanding everything um, that's going on. Um, we we have to be mindful of that. Um, so, I hope that helps you. Um, next question. Can I make my brother understand how pissed he makes me as his sister who was adopted when he... I always refer to our parents as my parent or we are both mature adults now. Um, I disagree with that statement because only one of you is a mature adult and trust me, dear, it is not him. It's not. Um, I think you just need to talk to him and let him know that what the way he say things, uh, when he say things like that, it hurts, it bothers you, and it's uncomfortable for you. So, yeah. Next question. Do parents have a favorite child? Yes. Parents don't want to admit it. Um, but yes, they do. And usually it's, you know, you know, either it's the oldest or it's the baby. I'm just saying, you know. It's not on purpose. Um, I think parents tend to love their children all the same. Um, but parents, um, and I'm not saying all parents, but a lot of parents tend um, to favor their oldest or, or their baby. Um, so, I'm sorry. Okay, next question. Do people have affairs? Do people have affairs successfully? Um, I reckon maybe. I don't know. I don't understand the question. I mean, um, I don't understand the question. So, yeah, people have cheated um, plenty of times. In relationships, and they've done it for years, and they've had whole family lives that they've been living somewhere else, and they have a, a wife and kids somewhere else, and they've been doing this for years. So yeah, they have been doing it successfully. So yeah, but I again, I don't. That's the best way I can answer the question. I don't know. 
Next question is from Chris. How can I make my husband happy? Okay. I'm go I'm just gonna just be blunt about this. I was just uh I was giving this advice over thirty years ago and I feel there's a lot of truth in it and it's and it works for me. Um man or husband wants a lady in public and maybe a freak in the bedroom. Yep, there it is. I take good care of my my partner and I have over 30 years. And first of all, I listen to the needs and wants. And although I don't always agree, um, I do have to compromise on topics of discussion. Same goes with him on my wants and needs. And as he listens to me, I always do my wife duties and he does his husband duties 50-50. So um, I'm not talking about cooking and cleaning and all that. I'm talking about meeting in the middle to make the relationship work. He's happy. I'm happy. Now to the other part of my answer, the whore part, I keep it interesting in the bedroom, kitchen, whatever, whatever, um, beach, whatever. I always wear some type of sexy underwear. It's, um I mean, sexy, sexy. I'm just saying, tight, whatever, leather, what, corset, yeah, you get it. So, yeah, you have to make sure they're happy, they're pleased. You you can't have a partner that's not happy and pleased. And sometimes um, you just do what you got to do. <laughs> I hope it helps. Okay, this is my last and final question from Larry. Have you ever gone to a movie that was so ridiculous bad that you felt like you had just been robbed? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I can't think of the movie, but it was Cedric the Entertainer. Um, them with the plane movie. Um, gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it. But yeah, I have. And I wanted my money back. And I was like, mm -mm, I ain't going back no more. Just saying. Um, that's it for me. I, I'm not doing that anymore. But anyway, that is it for me, you guys. Thank you guys for the questions, the Q&A, all that amazing stuff. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. I appreciate the questions, you guys. But I really wish that you guys would not send me so many questions about Meghan Markle. Uh, some of these questions I have seen on other sites of questionings. So I don't know if people are just trying to get other opinions from someone else as well. Um, I, I don't mind the questions, but I don't know a lot about these people. I just think the king and I mean the queen and the royal family or whatever are very interesting people. So I read a lot of stuff pertaining to them. I'm a huge fan of Meghan Markle when she was on the suits and when this marriage became public of them getting married, I felt even more in awe of her and, and Harry. So um, I read even more stuff, but I don't know everything that there is. And some of the stuff I have to Google and read the stuff. So I'm just going to keep it all the way 100 with you. Um, but I do appreciate the questions. I do want you to continue to give me questions um, and all that good stuff. It means a lot to me. I do appreciate that. So don't think that it's going unnoticed because that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but I don't know a lot of stuff about them. <laughs> I feel like when y'all ask me things about them, some of the things that I think one way I have to Google it and confirm that there is some type of truth to what I think. Um, but I appreciate the questions. I thank you guys for coming over to my world again, for giving me some Q&A questions. I appreciate it. It means a lot. You guys continue to come, continue to support. You can catch me on Google Play, Spotify, um, iTunes, um, all those amazing pod podcasts. And you can go over to the Anchor FM and you can support me there and all that amazing stuff. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. To my supporters that have been supporting me thus far, that have been giving me listener support, she, me, her, your girl, thanks you. I thank you. I appreciate you. It means a lot to me, you guys. And I ask that you continue to come over and listen and give me that support. It means a lot to me. And without us any other rumbling on, you guys have an amazing fabulous Saturday. Continue, continue to push positivity despite negative. Always let your family and friends know that you love them today because tomorrow is not promised to anyone. Continue to work hard. To continue with that determination and perseverance because you have to work hard for everything. For everything. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't know if Serena Williams' suit is that much of a distraction 
where if I'm an amazing tennis player, I can't beat you with that damn suit on. Because I wouldn't want anyone to feel like I'm intimidated with the way you look to the point where I can't play. I'm so focused on what you're wearing, I don't see that ball come across that net. I have a problem with that on so many levels. Like, I am so over that. Now, do Trump has a love child out there? I don't know. If somebody had that much low self-esteem and he was able to buy them or they were scared of him so they had sex and accidentally got pregnant, I don't know. I don't carry none of my business. Good luck to y'all. If you do have a child with this man, this man should know his child. His child should know his father. Point blank and period. That's that's just the way it is. The water in Flint, I'm glad that somebody's being punished for. I'm glad that somebody is being held accountable for it. And it's not just him. It's everybody else that was involved that knew that this man was cutting corners and knew that this man was doing shit illegal and they didn't stand up and say something to. It's all of them. It ain't just him. It's not just him. And they shouldn't just rest with just him. Because this is ridiculous. Like this is really ridiculous. This is horrible to even think that people's lives were lost because someone, you know, was money hungry. And someone wanted more money in their pocket. Like to me, that is, that's disgusting. You know, the, the different things that, that people do, I don't understand it. I, I don't. Forrest, the, the lady that accused two black men of rape, her body language was horrible. There's a video of her in court. Her body language was horrible. She was rolling her eyes. Her lawyer can say whatever he want to say 50,000 times over. Yo, your client didn't have humbleness nowhere in her mind. That woman did not care about anything pertaining to the fact that you've, you've, you've turned these people's lives upside down. You've turned these two men life upside down. You made their life harder than what it had to be. And you did not even care what you had done. And to me, that is horrible and that's disgusting. It's disgusting. And I'm not going to go on with it, but you guys, we have to continue to push love and positivity. Continue to be encouraged. Continue to be better every day than what we were the day before. Let your family and friends know that you love them now because tomorrow is not promised to anyone. Let God be God until next time on Talk to Talk, you guys. Peace and love.